Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're uh, season two in our podcast, about uh, mostly about movies. And season two, we're continuing to investigate uh, whether or not things hold up very well from our youths. Uh, and this is part two of the super sponsorship from Alexis, where we were watching American Psycho. We'll talk more about that in a second. But first, let me introduce you to our panel. Um, I know many of you have been desperately missing Ezra. Uh, and uh, good news, he will be back next week. Uh, Ezra has been di- diligently uh, helping host our spinoff show about Top Chef, and he's been very and like one with his two kids and his full time job. One podcast a week was his maximum. So now that Top Chef is over, he's going to come back and hang out more with us. And so I'm sure you're all very excited to have that. Um, but we have uh, an excellent panel. Without him, one more time, my co-host in Southeast Portland. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Excited to be here. This is going to be fun, I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also joining me, so I have a bit of a cold, and our other panelist also a bit of a cold at Preston Party on Twitter in Los Angeles. Please welcome back, Amber Preston. Hello. Thank you for having me in my, my maybe, I, I like to think it's a sexy, raspy voice, but... Yeah. I, if you like hearing just... uh, clogged sinuses, you're going to have yeah. such a show today. And my name is hard to say with the quote, like Amber. It, it's just, it's a lot of. Wait, how? Old. That sounds easy. It, it, I don't, the, the M and the B, when you got a cold, it's. Oh, it, well, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm here. Thanks for having me. We'll do our best not to sniffle too much throughout the show. Um, I uh, I have, it's actually, one way I've tracked how, how often I get sick is that I tag podcasts that we do where I'm sick. And so I can go back and see how, like I've gotten less, I've gotten sick less often over the last two years than I did in the previous three years. Uh, as I can tell from our website. Isn't that weird? I mean, when you go to see your doctor and he asks for a medical history, you just send him a bunch of podcasts. Like, well, links, yeah, right? we, usually, we usually do uh, tags. So go ahead and search yeah. by tag. <laughs> uh, so listening to this podcast is maybe good for your health. Cause it, it's, Make, decreased your cold. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Or I start yeah. started washing my hands when I turned 32. Um, so, like I said, this is uh, uh, part two of our super sponsorship from Alexis. So, um, oh, actually, wait, 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 wait. One more thing before we get into that. Um, uh, I just want to read a quick tweet for you, Anthony, because somebody tweeted at you that I thought you would need to know, and uh, you never opened Twitter. So I just want to... Uh, <laughs> this is a tweet from... Uh, uh, Renee, who says, uh, this is about last week when we were talking about uh, Bridget Jones' diary. Mm-hmm. Anthony, you know that I've already been corrected on this point, which I love whenever people assume that we get a lot more feedback than we do. Uh, <laughs> but you know, no doubt I've already been corrected on this point, but there were in fact three Harry Potter stars in Bridget Jones. Her mother, oh. Gemma Jones, played Madame Pomfrey, oh, the nurse what? at Hogwarts. Well, So well, how dare I- you? Still three surprisingly low for that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, but it, but you said like there's there's a requirement by law for there to be at least three, and indeed there yeah. were three. That's a good point. She's got me there. So thanks. For oh me. yeah, and I mean I just of course Madame Pomfrey, the most iconic character. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that super. <laughs> Yeah, we just, uh, my wife and I were on uh, vacation and we were like at, at a, uh, we just took a, like a road trip the other day and we were in a hotel and we were watching, they had like a big collection of old DVDs. And so we watched uh, Chamber of Secrets, uh, which I had not seen in a little while. And I have, I have so many more questions about the Harry Potter universe than I did the first time I went through it. 
Um, well, don't worry. J.K. Rowling is slowly filling in all the details. I know, I know. Were you wondering Whether where they used them? the shit before toilets, <laughs> or who was... fucks who? Oh man, I really wondering was what curious Dick about. Snape looks like. Don't worry, she'll put it in a tweet. <laughs> oh man, that's so true. Well, Harry Potter fans are getting older. Like we've grown up. If you started reading them uh, when you were young, yes. Yeah. Time you and now we have all these adult stuff. questions, like where did they poo? Um, right. Well, it, and actually, like, the Chamber of Secrets, the poo situation really is relevant because uh, they claim, actually, it kind of makes it makes it harder that they would have just pooed on the floor because the uh, basilisk has been going around in the pipes for, like, 2,000 years. <laughs> but also, knowing the way the magic works, where every spell, you just have to say, like, a, a fake Latin version of exactly what you're doing. So there's not, like, a generic repair. You have to do, like, glasses repairium. So there would have to be a spell that's, like, excretorium disappearium they would have to have a very specific poo spell right like a number one or a number (laughs) two uh, number one reverse them oh that would go back inside you that'd be terrible well Um, uh, I mean we only we have three more of these fantastic beast movies for me to avoid so I'm sure eventually (laughs) we'll get I liked the first one I haven't watched the second one yet I've been meaning to get around to it but I thought the first one was okay it's so bad I hated that first yeah I thought I think that these movies are Star Wars prequel caliber awful Whoa. garbage. I hated that first one. Whoa. Uh, but That's so interesting. Yeah. Actually, that's I not a, what we're here to talk well, about. I, no, but actually, because we're on that, one more surprising hate is I watched uh, Incredibles 2 yesterday, and I hated it. You hated it? It was so bad. I, and I loved the first one. You're I a bad person. We no, should no, just no. stop discussing this right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. Because my wife is a great person and she likes everything. And she looked at me halfway through and was like, uh, are we missing something? Is this not good? I think you're the American psycho. Not like <laughs> yeah, I. No, it's, I, so, it's so clunky. It's so, I, uh, I just, it was like the, the villain is just so boring and obvious. And the, and the. Just the other, the B story of him being a parent is real snooze fest. It is a. It is not a good movie, Anthony. I would say slightly better than the dinosaur Pixar movie, but not by much. You're out of your mind. (laughs) I I don't know what else to say. I think this show is... I think we do need to show this show to a doctor, a therapist. You say a lot of wild shit on this show. Oh, man. uh, I, I mean, love I love every Pixar movie I've seen. I even liked the dinosaur one a little bit, but it was surprising how bad it was. Uh, I I have to agree to disagree on this one, buddy. Really, I'm so surprised to hear you say that because I like I genuinely don't know what I was missing because it's not yeah, I mean, a fun movie. I well, I, I wasn't expecting to have my mind blown at yeah. Incredibles too, but I, you know I just have a little fun. I wasn't like, well, I hope there's some yeah, plot I, twists and turns and uh, really keeps me on my toes. But yeah, I think it's like not up there with the original in terms of caliber, or not even like one of the best Pixar movies. But I think it's probably the best sequel next to Toy Story 2. No. Like, in terms of their sequels. Wow. This you think is it's Cars 3 you territory. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I, you're out of your mind. Alright. I just... <laughs> wow, I'm shocked, but I'm glad to know that. Um, 
So uh, I guess let's move on. Uh, Speaking it, of disagreeing about a movie's uh, uh, qualities, let's get to American Psycho. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if we are going to be on disagree, uh, going to be on different terms about this. Um, so, uh, like I said, this is part two of the super sponsorship from Alexis. So uh, Alexis, uh, who super sponsored our episodes about World War Z last year, two years ago, um, uh, sponsored his uh, two of his favorite movies. Bridget Jones' Diary, and American Psycho. And he gave us a nice long explanation of why he liked Bridget Jones' Diary and gave me no information about American <laughs> Psycho. And I gave him a couple of chances, so I could not could not be reached for comment. I, guess I think it's say. interesting that he felt the need to, like, I must defend the choice of Bridget Jones' Diary. But clearly, American Psycho needs no Yeah, like, uh, I have questions. So. I'm just super interested in whoever's life this that these two are both in the center. Like, this, the Venn diagram of Bridget Jones' Diary and American Psycho. Because a lot of the stuff he liked about Bridget Jones was, like, the depiction of a time in Britain where, that he lived through and, like, uh-huh. the party scene. And uh, I think that is a really interesting uh, uh, world. But you did not then, I assume, live through the 80s in American finance or the 90s right. of American finance. So it's, no, maybe 80s. it's just the, all yeah. about fitting in. Yeah, maybe that... <laughs> Yeah, what else is what else do both these movies have in common besides they're about somebody trying to fit in and failing? Right, and like keeping up appearances, so to speak. Yeah, a lot of awkward cocktail situations in both. Um, It's kind of an awkward reading, but I always assumed that Bridget Jones was an unreliable narrator, and none of that stuff actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Everyone getting everybody mixed up with each other. They're all oh yeah, they can't tell any Brits apart. Yeah, that's true. Those Collins, all those handsome British dudes, they're all the same, just like these Wall Street guys. There was also, uh, he did go to parties with tarts, although not as many vicars. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, her, her three friends really love just doing coke and saying, spouting anti-Semitism, so that's another thing they, uh, yeah. the two movies have in common. Yeah, I guess he likes people who have exactly three friends. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, well, we really appreciate the sponsorship, Alexis. Um... I think this is an interesting one, especially for this like sort of does it hold up moment because I do, I did watch this in high school and I at the time thought it was quite good, um, and then I actually read I read the book and I read a bunch more Brett Easton Ellis and then I I had a very similar experience to Fight Club, where I liked the book and I read his other books and I was like oh the thing that you do I see what you're doing over and over again but the part that you're repeating is not the part that I liked. <laughs> And that's yeah, how I felt I, with Brad Easton Ellis, too. I was like, the thing that you like about you is not what I liked about you. Yeah, I definitely think that he is the least important and interesting part of this movie. Like, uh, I'm not, not a huge fan of his writing or him as a person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really think this movie comes alive in, like, the adaptation by Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner and Christian Bale's performance. Like, yeah, I think that's I really, that's totally like, fair. they're... Their take, and I think they're like raising it, uh, works really well. Well, and and movie. and yeah. uh, I did a, I did a bunch of digging about this yesterday. And apparently, uh, Brett hates this movie. <gasps> yeah, well, he did not he care for it. He hates everything, especially <laughs> women in general. So he's got to be probably a bummer that. Well, and he did he did get hired to write one draft of a movie adaptation, and then that was discarded. And so I could see why you'd be pretty bitter. Yeah, and he's also just a bit of a shithead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it seems like he is. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done more reading about his life, but he seems like he might be a shit. Um, yeah. But the doesn't one, although... Fun. Sorry, go ahead, Amir. No, oh, it just doesn't seem fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does not seem like a fun dude. The, his other books were so awful. Um, I guess what I liked was uh, 
hearing one psychopath's take on 80s music, and there was much mm. less of that in other... That was my favorite part, was learning about why this guy liked such terrible pop from the 80s. Yeah, I mean, because in the book, it's like, uh, from the little bit I've skimmed, of it, it's the the music monologues are like full chapters. Yeah, I would the say novel, the, right? the, like the, the novel American Psycho is like 80% you're reading Pitchfork. It's just <laughs> yeah. a lot of thoughts on, on music and then occasional killing. And it's much darker. The killing isn't the book uh, a bit creepy. Well, so I, I've, I've alluded to this a couple of times because this is the thing that I'm so mad about. But the unreliable narrator part of the book mm-hmm. is a much bigger part. So, and the, this movie is basically like, oh yeah, this all happened until one scene at the end where they're like, or maybe not. But well, I mean, I I disagree with that reading of the movie, oh, really? especially in. I think that I mean we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's especially watching this in 2019. Uh, with everything that happens, I kind of take away a very specific reading from this movie now. Uh, oh, I don't know if I want you to tease that and not just tell me. I want you to tell me. <laughs> well, now. it's 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 like well, I mean, I'll get into a little bit my relationship with this movie. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie in probably ten year, fifteen years, something like that. It's been a very long time since I've seen it. And I definitely, you know, saw it in high school and definitely thought it was cool. But American Psychos, like. The Fight Club comparison doesn't really work for me because American Psycho was always kind of like... It was like when I saw like a RoboCop for the first time as a kid. Like The movie's just so heightened that even if I didn't understand it, I was like, there's something going on here. You know, it's not like a movie like Fight Club where I feel like it's very easy to get like uh, caught up in the cinematic nature and how cool Tyler Durden is. Like I never had that. So you, you, didn't, like this, you didn't think, oh, I want to be like Christian Bale? Yeah, no, not at all. And I don't think anyone does. No, you know? I don't think you're supposed to. I, I to, and, to be clear, I only mean the comparison with Fight Club in that I had the experience of liking a book, reading other books by the author, and then deciding I did not like the author at, at, as a whole. Yeah. Which I've had with, it happens with music too, sometimes where I'll hear a song and be like, oh, I love this song. And then I listen to the rest of the record and I was like, oh, you guys got really lucky on this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's how I feel. That's the only, that was my only comparison. Although there is more, I guess, about the narrators and about the uh, the use of satire, perhaps. But anyway, continue your story. Yeah, and it's so I. What, what was I going with? Oh, you, like so, I had yeah. always kind of saw that there was heightened. Definitely when I I saw it uh, as a kid, you know, the unreliable narrator, what is and isn't real, it was always something that like kind of stuck with me. But rewatching this movie like today in 2019 with everything that's happened over the past few years, it's like I I, I take it as the movie is you know completely satirical and not supposed to be taken literally. But if you look at it as that reading, it's like he cannot get in trouble, right? The system is set up in a way that he cannot fail. Patrick Bateman can literally shoot a man in the middle of Fifth Avenue, which he does, and his sales numbers go up. A handsome, rich, white man getting away with everything? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the this idea of like these people who are so consumed with uh, items and wealth and status and just everyone is replaceable. You know, everyone is like... Even them are completely interchangeable. Like, no one cares that Paul Allen is actually dead. His lawyer doesn't even know who he is. You know, like, so imagine how little they care about, you know, the homeless people or the prostitutes he kills. He's just... I I look at it as, like, he's a dude who literally can't get arrested. And you look at, like, the Jeffrey Epsteins, the Paul Manfords, the President Trumps of the world, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like, he just... 
they clean it up for him. No one notices. No one cares. It doesn't matter. You know. I don't. Uh, man, that's such, I, that's so interesting. Such I'm in. I'm in that reading. camp as well. Yeah. You are. I'm, you don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to the narrative though. But first, Amber, tell me more about your relationship. Is it, uh, have you? When did you see this movie for the first time? If you, if not now. Uh, last night. Okay, when great. I watched it. Yeah. So, um, so you uh, before this had never been tempted. You don't. You don't. No, did you know much about it? Never been tempted. I did because. Uh, 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 because of the age I am, the guys I definitely try to hook up with at the clubs and whatnot, <laughs> um, you know, uh, loved this movie. I knew about it. It yeah. was definitely around. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I didn't see it when I was younger because I, and even my husband started watching it and he was like, oh, I was like, is it so gory? I'm such a baby. And he was like, no, it's just so creepy. And then in his rewatching, he was laughing and was like, I don't remember this movie like this at all so now as adults having maybe come across people sort of like this like i've lived enough life now and i used to work in finance not saying i worked with these like hedonistic you know wall street guys but i didn't even know that when i asked you to do the show that's a what a what a uh, great turn of events when did you work (laughs) in finance yeah i did in minneapolis so i definitely and worked in in when i worked in finance i was definitely working with like guys who aspired to be the good parts if in, in their minds, of oh, okay. all of those characters, you know, like uh, you successful, uh, you know, brokers and this and that. And they were on the trading floor and like that was the coolest thing ever. And um, and I, I had heard uh, gentlemen reenacting the business card scene so many times. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so I've like, it's been around. So having now seen, I was like, oh, yeah, this is not as, uh, nearly as gory as I had uh, Oh, that's good. That is good. Yeah. yeah you don't um, like the, you don't like the gory, scary things at all. Yeah, or creepy because um, I, I've come across those creeps, that, was, that creep factor anyway, that ick factor in uh, in real life, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, again, I've lived enough life where I'm like, ah, I've definitely, like at the stoplight when he comes, uh, talks to that lady, I was like, this fucking guy, <laughs> like, and she doesn't, I mean, especially again, like you were saying in today's uh, world, uh, I feel like women, you know, we're like, oh, fuck politeness. Uh, that a guy coming up next to me and smile, I would have like, nope, other yeah. direction, cross the street, get the <laughs> fuck out of here, yeah. dude. Like, I don't care how yeah. handsome, how young, how uh, wealthy you appear to be. Yeah, uh, so sketchy. S- yeah, and those so, are very good instincts, as yeah. this movie shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would, and it was fun to watch it, knowing like so many guys in my early twenties uh, were like, "Oh, this movie's so good," and I'm like, "What? Did, what? Did they, I'd love to know what they thought was so good about it." I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to remember too, because yeah. my it was you know I was hanging out with dude friends who were super into it, and they they liked the discussion of music because I was like, yeah. they're mostly musicians. They re- like that business card scene is the thing that I remember the most clearly because that's what was discussed the most. Mm-hmm. It's bone, like which yeah. I don't think. And at the time, I didn't understand how funny it is that they're all exactly the same card. I guess right. Um, also, like the, it did. I remember at the time, and I didn't do anything about it. And now watching it again, I felt the same way, and will do something more about it. Which is, I feel like I should be putting more into my skincare. Yes, that's that's my husband said that too. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do the did, ice mask, but I definitely should be using a different moisturizer. Some moisturizer. Although I was, it did drive me nuts, and that's what's gonna be my thing. But I'll, I have a different one. It drove me absolutely bonkers that in that opening scene, 
they he says the word gel like twice in in like two seconds like he uses two different gel products and like one is an exfoliating gel and I was like nope nope he would not that is not accurate skincare he would like why they could have used a, a cream a serum they, oh you just mean like from a writing standpoint having the repetitive right. word gel really bothered you right because there are other options and I feel like he would like even in eighty seven uh, the skincare I just it, I was like ears but um, <laughs> to hear gels I did I, I I did enjoy uh, also. The that his exercise routine was almost all home-based. He wasn't going to the gym for all of this. Right. He was doing a lot of body weight exercises. But the thing that drove me crazy was that he, in two different scenes of him working out in the morning, one he's wearing briefs and the other one he's wearing boxers. And I don't know... I don't know a lot of people who are switch underwear mm. people anyway, right. but definitely fucking psycho. Alex. I know, I know. Think this was the it. most psychopathic thing I saw. Was like, yeah. no one is a switch underwear or gym person. Yeah, everyone I know has picked out this is the best way for my junk to be cradled while I'm doing exercises, right. and no one is like, oh, I'll just switch to boxers today and let them let it all flap around while I'm doing. Can you see why I didn't want to do this whole thing while my mother-in-law right. was in the room? <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> maybe he uh, had an STD at that when he was wearing the boxers and he was trying to air him out or something. Oh, that's yeah. possible. That's but, a generous reading of that. Well, and he worked uh, out. That at was home. the most upset that I was. So the second scene where he's wearing uh, wearing boxers while he's working out was like, if you if you always do that, that's one thing. But you didn't just right. switch to that casually. Mm. And he had to work out at home because it's harder to watch your porn VHS tapes at a gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, we, we don't do much summary in, in season two. We've been doing less summary because I think it's mostly annoying and not as fun. But just in case you haven't seen it. So the gist is uh, 19, late 1980s, uh, Wall Street, uh, rich kid. So his dad owns the company. My The thing that bothered my wife the most when she was just walking by was like, he's 27 and he has that big of an office. Um, but it, it's because his dad owned the company. Well, yeah, so and not, again, yeah. having worked, like, you can, some people, I mean, that isn't that big of an office. Uh, and he's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, he's, so he has a secretary. Well, this but, is just the point. Yeah. And it's 80s excess, right? right, right. right. I know, just... but, but, the, but the, it's just funny that to me, yeah. like, the thing that my wife and I, as, yeah. we're both 34, and the thing that upsets us the most is anytime we see people in their 20s yeah. with success. Right. Right. Mm. That just instant turn off for any any movie or TV. She didn't like the apartment. She if she had seen would have upset her even more. But she didn't see it. She was just wandering around. Did not want to watch it. Right. Um, he went to but USC. So he's a, a he's a, a businessman with his business friends. Uh, he's in Mojo and Decapitations. Yep. Yes. And I mean Mojo's and Acquisitions. <laughs> yeah, and he he like he enjoys an occasional murder, uh, almost exclusively, but not exclusively of women. Uh, and then a lot of homeless he, people. Yeah, some homeless people, uh, a co-worker who uh, he's jealous of, um, and then, uh, l- like, as like as his life gets, as things in his life get more intense, it causes his bloodlust to increase, and he takes more and more risks, uh, eventually going on a running through New York shooting spree, uh, including killing, like, seven cops in some sort of uh, large explosion from their cars. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then at the end, as we were sort of discussing, he either gets away with it or none of it actually happened. Uh, And uh, that is, I think, just such a crucial difference for me this time, which, like, I hadn't, I was bothered by the scene. So this is, let me, this is the crux for me. So the scene is, he goes back to the apartment where he has done all of this murdering, and uh, it is just freshly painted and clean and is being sold. And... One must either assume that in the last day, a team has come in and cleaned out and got rid of everything and has already got appointments to sell that apartment, 
or that this did not actually happen. And then he also talks to his, he confesses all his crimes to his lawyer, and the lawyer says, no, you didn't kill that guy. I had lunch with him in London, which either means the lawyer is covering the murder, or he did, it did not actually happen. And the reason that no, I'm so stuck on this mean, is because... It's not that he's covering the murder. It's that he doesn't know who the fuck Paul Allen is. Oh, well, that's possible, right? too. He, yeah, that's a good he point. Thinks he, he literally thinks Christian Bell is Davis, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's part Defoe of the key is that everyone dresses the same, so no one knows well, uh, who William is who. William Defoe doesn't think he's a suspect because five people claim Patrick Bateman and Paul Allen were at dinner with them that night. Right. Like, the, there's this theme of... No, they're all these people are interchangeable, and everyone's so obsessed they literally don't know the difference between one coworker and yeah, another, and they're all right? switching. Like the girls are all being pat switched around, and everybody's going, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there I guess is okay, no well, so identity. Just, there is just consumerism. You know, there's just <laughs> self obsession. That is like it's one of the things like I think about when we first brought up this movie. I I made a like a few weeks ago. I brought up you know this joke of like. Oh, it's a movie that's literally doesn't just hold up. It's more relevant today than ever. Yes. And you guys kind of scoffed at that. And I yeah. like rewatching it. I don't know how you can't see this movie is such a fucking sharp on point satire. Like, Absolutely. I forgot how well, funny this mm-hmm. movie was. I was like cracking up. Like every scene has something that's so sharp in it. And I think this is what kind of why I wanted to talk about like Mary Heron and uh, Gwyneth yeah. Turner is like they're you know they're from the punk rock scene. They're like very um outsiders looking in on this movie. Like I think one like honestly the most misogynistic thing about this movie is the fact that if this was directed by like a white male filmmaker, he'd still be cashing checks on this movie. Like dining out, getting getting whatever he wants made, but you know Women directors don't really get that same kind of credit. What has um, what, what have Mary Heron and Gwyneth really Heron nothing? She's do? done like two or three things. She did the notorious Benny Warhol. Page, yeah, and um, you know that didn't do super well. And oh, she just did male some, directors the, um, get new net. She did the Netflix Alias Grace because I just mm-hmm. I looked her up last night because I was like, what? Else? I need to know more. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and she she's done good work. Like, but like, me, I think like a male director one, this would have more of a Fight Club, like Wolf of Wall Street. Like, people might interpret the character more as a hero. Uh, and I really think like her like outsider point of view, Christian Bale's performance, Jared Leto gets violently murdered. I mean, I don't know what you can't love about this movie. <laughs> well, it's just got. Okay, well, so let me just let me just finish up my case again. So you're you're making a really uh, a bunch of really good points. Um, I just just to to be to clarify my point on the unreliable narrator. This is not a weird opinion that I have. This is what the book is about, and this is the stated opinion of Brett Easton Ellis. Uh, mm-hmm. The book is intentionally unclear about what happens mm-hmm. and what does not happen. What what actually happened and what was just fantasy in his mind, and like like Brett Easton Ellis has, has actually said that as the writer. He wasn't sure what stuff was real and what was just in the character's mind, which upsets me more than anything I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, it is your this is your one job is to decide on that. You can't just hope we guess. I, that's, anyway, but it's just very lazy. You mean you have to have an mind. ending to your story? I would love that. I think that's great. Uh, I, I really don't like. Uh, uh, ambiguous endings where the author is like well it's kind of in your mind i feel like your job is the author is to tell me the story yeah. not to like make me guess the story but anyway the point is that's what the book is largely about i think that's a, a crucial part of it and 
that is Brett's reading of the movie is that it does not care about that except for the scenes at the end where they intentionally throw in the ambiguity. So I, I don't think it's a crazy reading of the film. I think yours is more interesting and it could be that whether or not they were intending uh, Brett's reading, yours is still better. I think that's totally fair. Well, I saw, I was uh, yeah. reading last night in that Mary Heron, they, there's some interviews you can look up where she was basically saying she felt that it, they left it a bit too ambiguous, that they um, they believed Well, I agree. Do, yeah, um, that she wished that they had, uh, that it, they absolutely, the murders absolutely did happen. And um, uh, oh. yeah, yeah, the, there's some well, fun clips of her talking about that. Anyway. And oh, there's like also that. the fun bit of trivia that this is one of those movies that has a sequel that does like come down heard on everything happened. Uh, like no one talks about American right. Psycho two because it's not Direct based to off video. A book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has Mila Kunis in it, but yeah. like it's so there is like a canon ending in the American uh. Psycho cinematic universe. <laughs> I guess you know. But, yeah, but I, I, mean, well, so, I also think it's very interesting as a reading of like like him his drawings are the what actually happened, not the actual things, and that this fantasy world is going on underneath his surface. I think that's an, also an interesting way to see this. But I, I I like it better if it all happened. I love unreliable narrators, but I all like as one of my favorite tropes. But I also love when the movie is clear on something. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I like I said, I think this movie is because it's so heightened and pointed that like whether or not he killed or anyone doesn't really matter because that's not what the movie's about. Like the lives, whether he destroys the lives, you know, literally or just metaphorically through being a monster, like it's the lives are still destroyed, you know, through like the work mm. he does and the exploitation of just being at that level and everyone underneath him, right? Like there is just... There is still that level to it, you know. So um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I guess we should pr- we should probably move past this since it is not as interesting to you guys as it was to me. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, to go back to your other point, then that the, uh, is this being like more relevant than it was at the time? I mean, look how sparse his apartment is. He definitely sparked joy. Uh, before you know what I mean, yeah. like, he cleaned that place up. Anyway, I yeah, he, well, and he I definitely like looks apartment. at those videotapes and thanks them for a service yeah. before he goes and returns them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I have to return some videotapes. God, that's such a good joke. Yeah. This movie is so yeah. funny. Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, it is funny. Um, okay, I guess my so so other okay then other issue that I have, which you, something else that I draw out of what you mentioned, is. You mentioned it as uh, satire, and we talked a little bit about this in the Fight Club episode, so there's another another uh, place where they might tie in together, which is that uh, I am a, a bit of a satire skeptic. I've, I, am, uh, I generally feel like anything that is supposed to be satire does more to uh, make people believe the thing it's parodying than it actually change anybody's mind about it. Uh, uh, we've, we've discussed this. I think what... Your point of view on this is really weird that you look at it through the lens of, like, the lesson you should take away from the satire thing you're on is, like, maybe we shouldn't use satire to do the news format. Maybe people take that wrong. But, uh-huh. like, a movie like this, something like RoboCop or Starship Troop, like, there's, like, really good satire out there that, like, it's the only way to approach these subjects at a certain point. Like... I think, like, this movie is so clear in what it's trying to do. Like, people are still going to misinterpret it, but, like... 
Well, I mean, all the, the movies movie you just fault. mentioned That's... are movies that I saw as a kid and thought were cool and did not understand any of the satire. Well, yeah, congratulations. I thought Starship uh, like, Troopers was about fighting gi- <laughs> giant bug people that threw their that could stab Wait, you in the shoulder whenever not? they want. <laughs> yeah, well, watch it again as an adult, and you'll be blown away by how good it is. Like you, I think you're like. This is like one of the fun things about getting older is you can rewatch RoboCop or this and like get new layers to it. Like I think that's like, true. I agree with that. I think that's that's great. I just I guess maybe one of my 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 biggest concern about satire is that it is frequently by at least all the examples you've made are satire where the movie appears cool to vulnerable uh teenage boys who are might get the wrong message out of well, it. Well, luckily they, the world is changing and they'll have, uh, there's, there are other voices and stories being told. So maybe they'll, they, it won't, everything won't be a cool killer movie directed towards them. I think that, yeah, yeah. totally. I think that's, that's, and that's great. Teenage boys are going to take the wrong lessons from literally anything <laughs> you put in front of them. Like that's not very yeah. fair. I mean, we can go through a long list of things that we've put in front of teenage boys and they've done terrible things because of, you know. And, and girls too. Hey, we're not in totally yeah, and girls, yeah, teenagers. Exactly. It's just, Wait, what if what did you take wrong, Amber, as a kid? Uh, I I don't I don't know. I, well, I, I I hadn't seen that nothing from this movie because I hadn't seen it. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was a dumb kid. I don't remember. But I'm sure I did. You were so confident a second ago, yeah. but no answers. I don't know. <laughs> On how to get guys. I used to quote Wayne's World to try to pick up boys. Like, I took, I, I, oh. we need more, <laughs> we need work? more uh, movies for young women showing them how to voice their <laughs> horny feelings. That's, that's what I came here to say. I, I no, mean, I another, totally Another uh, classic directed by a woman that doesn't get enough yeah. credit. Wayne's yeah. World. Hmm. Well, I, I do, I do think that. Uh, I mean, like, the, man, this is so so difficult, Anthony, because you are so much better at this than I am. Uh, <laughs> that I feel like sometimes I'm, you know, I'm representing a point of view that I have read, and I just wish you could argue with the smart person instead of me about it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I feel yeah, I feel like that a lot. I'm like, oh, I I yeah. got a thought in here, but I, and there are better words to say it. Dang it! Yes, I mean, yes. I like I've uh, the 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 was it? I think it was Radio Lab did the episode about satire paradox, and mm-hmm. there is a lot of really good data that satire always reinforces the thing it's trying to fight against. That is is a, it's just a lot more difficult and problematic uh, of a art form than people give it credit for, and people tend to oh, just yeah, say satire as if it makes anything good. And that, well, yeah, that's like one I of think I think like truth. satire is also one of those things that's like was as lost meaning because people say it for everything like oh it's it's satire mm-hmm. making a like no you're just making like a shitty joke it's not yeah like, yeah you're just or it's like oh like you know like uh, the Family Guy style where it's like oh we're satiring this dumb racist guy but actually we're yeah. just telling a bunch of racist jokes and people are laughing at them because they like racist jokes yeah. and you're not yeah. really skewering racism so much as just in profiting off it. Yeah, I this this movie though, like I said, just with like the like every scene is just the jokes are so pointed and like very understated uh, that I think it like it really works on that level. And like it's also something I think that this movie does really well is like the really dark stuff, like the really like kind of disturbing stuff kind of happens on the periphery like the it's either like very cartoony violence or like pointed satire but then there's like these scenes with like uh 
he's like sleeping with his friend's girlfriend and uh she's like trying to reach out for help and keep saying like Patrick and they're like never mind. Right, and she says you know? goodbye, yeah. we never revisit that, we never hear no- that drove me yeah. nuts, but And it's that scene is so dark mm-hmm. and sad. Like someone trying to reach out for this phantom of a person, you know, that just doesn't have anything to latch on to or like the scene after the first time he's with the prostitutes and they're trying to leave and he's like, we're not done yet. And then it's just that hard cut yeah. into them leaving. Like that stuff is so incredibly dark. And I was, and I was very surprised by like those elements like sh- hit me harder than like the, you know, being chased naked mm-hmm. with a chainsaw or something like that. Yeah. And I think um, those just added. And I think because a female director added to, um, I don't know if, if it had been a male director, like there may have been a, a whisper, a hint of humanity or something likable about uh, Christian Bale's character, but there was absolutely nothing, yeah. <laughs> not a single solitary, nothing redeeming whatsoever. Yeah. So that just and made like, everything land that much harder, the satire yeah. and the yeah. jokes and- for me. And he's just completely unaware and oblivious. Like the idea that he, you know, the opening monologue when he's talking about how he feels nothing close to emotion. And then in the next scene, his monologue says, I was almost on the verge yeah. of tears because I was afraid we wouldn't get a good seat table. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just, he he has emotions all the time. He's just but, such a, like, whiny, like, insecure. Well, that's like, such a good point. I didn't I didn't yeah. notice that, but that is that is a really good point. Because he, he did say, I feel no emotions except disgust. And I was like, well, but that counts. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and anger. You can like, see him almost cry yeah. when the business cards come out, you know. Yeah, yeah. When he, yeah, and when, yeah. He, when he doesn't get the vice president job, yeah. that he has done no work at all yeah. to deserve. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, clear, yeah that's, just, that's a really interesting point. Like, he's just, he has no self-reflection or self-awareness, and it's just, like, that's the thing, like, Christian Bale plays this so well. Like, he's so good in, like, comedies when he's not playing it like a comedy. Like, he's, you don't think Christian Bale is a funny actor, but you look at something like The Big Short, where it's like, he plays it straight, but he's so funny in that, like, The Fighter or in like this, just all this, yeah. you know, there's like the big Huey Lewis scene. There's this moment when he's like having dinner with William, a uh, lunch with William Dafoe. And he's like refusing to break eye contact, but he's just like salting his food way too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 the salt was really funny. Like, this is all these little moments in yeah. his performance that are so good. Yeah, we should definitely dwell some more on the on the performances in it because, uh, I, yeah, Christian Bale is so incredible. Good. I also thought and he salted his food because Willem Dafoe salted it a ton, and like that was his attempt to be like human. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. another he human. Did. Me too. But he did it in like this yeah. way of like I don't understand things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he so so Christian Bale is amazing and uh, so much better than Leonardo DiCaprio oh would God. have been. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, the whole cast in this movie, yeah. you know, minus, like, Jared Leto, who's talented but sucks, but, like, <laughs> from, like, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon Chloe Sylvania, is so, like, Justin Reese Witherspoon, Theroux. Reese Witherspoon has uh, a small part, uh, which I know you're not supposed to say. She has a, she's a minor character, and she puts all, a lot into it. Mm-hmm. And I, like, yeah. the scene where she's being dumped and does not, is not interested in it, is like, no, that doesn't, what, why would you even bother to say that? Like, we obviously can't break up. We have the same friends. Like, I just, I thought she did just a really terrific job of, uh, of chewing on that. Yeah, and she was like, uh, I really enjoyed that. It was that vapid, you, you know, she's living in the same world he is, but I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't like her, but I wasn't. Yeah, she no. wasn't this whiny, like shallow. Like she was, but there were she was shallow for like. Well, this is just how the world works, and we're uh-huh. gonna do this. It right. wasn't just like a bimbo. Like I'm gonna a robot bimbo person. It was like, well, no, you know, this is the plan, and this is what we should do. Yeah, I thought just, she was so much more interesting. Just than oblivious, that, yeah. like everyone yes. else, right? She just yeah. has that quality. She's not. Like a, a mess or yeah. like annoying. She's just completely self-absorbed mm-hmm. and just literally has no idea that he's like right. this because she doesn't care. She doesn't, doesn't care, notice yeah. that he's wearing headphones when she's talking to him because <laughs> yeah. she doesn't need him to listen. She just needs to talk, yeah. you know, like everyone in this movie does. Yeah. It's, it's just... She has so much, yeah, because she, she, she's so focused on her own thing that she doesn't care what anybody else is doing, which I think is really interesting. There's a great scene when they're, like, in a taxi, and, like, half the back window is open, so, mm. like, you see her clear, but his face is, like, obscured by, like, the foggy glass, yeah. and she's, like, talking to that. Uh, that's just, like, there's a lot yeah. of really good little shots in this yeah. movie that... Ha- carry a lot of symbolism in it also when we're talking about performances chloe savini's uh bangs did a really great job (laughs) yeah indeed uh they really they really like latched on to that part i also really like the um like i don't feel like he did a ton in this movie but just the gravitas of every word that comes out of that man's mouth it's crazy i was i was just gonna say his stare does a lot in this movie like his eyes yeah but yeah, the call girls, uh, they are, uh, especially the one he picks up repeatedly, yeah. is yeah. very good yeah. in this movie. So good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kara Seymour. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I love so uncomfortable. Of Fern Gully fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Fern Gully. <laughs> I, love I love that fucking scene when he first brings them over and he's like, so don't you want to know what I do? And they both like, no, nope. not really. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm on Wall Street. Like that. Just, like, those moments of his character when, like, people aren't impressed or interested, and he just barrels through anyway. We all know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Also, in that scene, though, he was pretending to be Paul Allen, so as to... I, I thought maybe to create some sort of alibi right. about Paul Allen being in town still. So there was something else going on with that. I thought that, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about the 80s music? I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, party. D- did it? Did this make you like them? Did his opinions about uh, uh, Huey Lewis make you like them more? No, because I, I feel like it's the people that are so into music and music snobs uh, only don't care what you think. They just want to tell you those <laughs> yeah. facts, you know. And, and yeah. whether you like it or not is not at all the point. And um, uh, ha- yeah, so I, I thought it was fun, and um, maybe that was a. Uh, also, that would have been an entry point to humanity for like a lot of other characters. Like, oh, okay, behind all of this, he really likes music and like has thoughts and, and feelings about these albums. Yeah. And instead, you're like this fucking guy again. <laughs> yeah, well, I just I love like the the subtlety. Like, I mean, it's not very subtle. It's very obvious. But like when he when he's talking about like Phil Collins and Genesis and like the OC Peter Gabriel days is what he doesn't like. <laughs> He, you know, it's like his his like take on all these artists is like once they really embraced pop and commercialism, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when they really started to speak to <laughs> oh, me. Oh, that's a good point too. Uh, I did not, did I not? Uh, yeah, pay and like the that, Huey yeah. Lewis, you know, monologue is the super iconic one, just because his performance in that scene is so funny. The little dance, yeah. the way he's like just pitting on the raincoat. Yeah. Uh, 
But I the uh, the Whitney Houston monologue is my favorite, just because of like how emotional and sincere he is. Right, right. And the two... and the lady, uh, the drug lady, is like, uh, "Wait, you like Whitney Houston?" Like and like laughs at him. It was very funny. Yeah, she, uh, it's just like that. That's very funny. I like that uh, that monologue quite a bit. Um, wh- one of my last like tiny favorite thing about it that I want to get in before we uh, we have to move on is uh, I lo- so he goes to the he goes to the apartment that he used to be his murder apartment, but now is cleared out. And the, there's a realtor who's like asks if he's her two o'clock or whatever. And then she said she's like getting creeped out, and she says, uh, "Did you see the ad in the Times?" And he says, "Yes." And then she's like, "There was no ad in the Times. Get out of here." Mm-hmm. And I just love a person who defaults to trickery. <laughs> mm. I just love She's that her first instinct, she just had a trick ready to go in case anyone tries to pretend well, that they're here for a reason. I She's know. Like, oh. I have a theory on why. Be- oh. My thing, you were like, that was one of the problems for you. Yeah. In the moment, again, because I hadn't seen this, and I was like, okay, I know we're getting to the end, and like, what is happening? So I didn't know the ending. So in that, in right. that scene at their apartment, there is right before or after they may he says something about a week ago so it had been a week because i was like what the fuck is going on is that paul allen's apartment um so there's some in my mind maybe i've meant this there's a week that has gone by and i was like oh this realtor this is a very wealthy building this is uh these are all very wealthy people they just covered all this up and yeah. she's in on it exactly. and and she's just like wait a minute uh checking things out so she maybe thinks he's part of the the dead bodies all around and then uh maybe not, it wasn't quite as maybe bloody or gory because i think maybe some of that was in his mind but yes there were murders so i think that they i, that I love just that reading I, that did not occur to me and i like that reading yeah, better yeah, so yeah, she was i mean that's it. definitely yeah the reading i got this time is like especially because like the music and it's it really kind of came off as like, look, man, don't be an asshole, all right? We worked really hard to just make this go <laughs> yeah. away, yeah. and you're here making a mess. Let sleeping dogs right. lie. Just yeah. get the fuck out of here. You got away with it. the property values, lucky. everyone else in that yeah. building, um, you know, they don't, and it's it's a call girl, so who the fuck cares? Just get rid of it. Yeah, make exactly. it go away. And she was very suspicious. She wasn't like, she was scared, but in a like, oh. You're gonna mess up my two o'clock appointment. Not in a oh, you know, this, yeah. you're a pervert. It yeah. was just go away. We've cleaned. This is fresh paint. Get and, out of here. And it just goes into the themes of the movie that like they will mm-hmm. just clean it up, package it, and resell it. They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like that's well. Oh man, and 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 to your point earlier about uh, this being very relevant now, like the the ending of the movie is him killing someone on fifth street and getting away in broad daylight and getting away Mm -hmm. with it essentially. Like the thing that, uh, uh, the president said he could do is like literally what this guy does at the end of the movie and then gets away with it. Yeah. And I mean, just like literally shooting down the like shooting cops to death. Mm -hmm. There's like, it's not very funny, but every time I see it, when he comes back through the door to shoot the janitor is hilarious to me i don't know why like i just love like the absurdity of the scene i love that he goes into one building kills the two goes into another building and it's like the same exact mm-hmm. lobby like yeah. this these like weird little details and the guy the guard yeah, calls yeah, yeah. him mr smith like the most generic business yeah. Yeah. name and uh, right right part of the theme of them everybody mistakes yeah. everybody yeah. else because they're all interchangeable right. Yeah, all and, right. and there's just all this. Like, there's another mo- moment I I really like was curious of this. It had to be purposeful, but like when he goes in to 
kill the uh, the guy who plays Galvin Gavin on a Silicon Valley now. Oh the, yeah, like yeah. Uh, the the f- the fiance of the girl he's sleeping yeah. with, and he thinks he's coming on to him. Yeah, the the he dork kisses guy. his glove. Yeah, and then he goes and washes he his washes gloves his leather like glove. his hands. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like that is such a weird like. He's so disgusted by this, but like when he has sex, he's only cares about his physique and how he looks during it. And this is like, uh, there's just a lot of interesting things to, it's a lot of grizzle mm-hmm. on that yeah. movie. You know, a lot of things to chew on in yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Ross was the character or the actor you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he's yeah. really good. Josh Lucas is the most has the most punchable smug Ugh. face, and he's great in this movie. Yeah, I okay. Uh, Can we, is that? Can we say that less? I feel like we should go. We should stop saying punchable face. I feel like I, mean, I have. I think Josh Lucas on the back of his headshot says punchable face <laughs> as one of his like qualities. That's who he plays in things. He plays that smug guy you don't like. That's yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I just feel like life, yeah. as somebody who has a probably pretty punchable <laughs> face, I don't want to encourage more punching. Like I think it's like it looks punished punchable, but like in practicality would really hurt me. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I've always thought what we need is like uh, there's a German word that is like uh, translates to a face that needs punching. <gasps> oh uh, yeah. And that's and what we need. Nazi? We need to shorten it down. <laughs> that's that's the gotcha, shorter gotcha. version of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's like there's a. We need better words like that in English rather than a phrase. If we had like a good word that just meant punchable face, I feel like that would help a little bit, you know? Uh, apparently, it's uh, well, I can't actually say it. Uh, I'm not good enough at this, but it's like back for fun sight, something like that. Huh. Uh, yep, that's it. A face that should be slapped. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, loosely translates as cheek pipe face. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I, I like it. I, more credit to Germans for coming up with that word. I still think we should stop saying it. No one should hit me. Great. Is my point. Don't hit it hard. All right. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, uh, we have to thank a meat buddy. So we're gonna do that. Then we're gonna come back with uh, did it hold up for us, and then we're gonna close out. All right, so uh, our sh- today's show is brought to you uh, by our super sponsor, Alexis, and also, as always, by our fabulous meat buddies, the people who donate to our show to keep us floating down the tracks like a ghost train. Today, we have a new meat buddy to thank. Uh, I want We're going to thank uh, Celeste, who just became a new donor to the show. Uh, so Celeste says this, I would like you guys to provide me with some random compliments. I feel like the less information you have about me, the funnier it is. So, uh, but I will say, uh, however, that I really enjoy listening to your show for the past year, ever since I was introduced to, to it by my friend Bridget, who's also a meat buddy. Uh, I am a grad student, and I often listen to your show while working in the lab, and I frequently have to awkwardly stop myself from laughing out loud when there are other people around. It's truly been a great stress relief to me. So, knowing only that about Celeste, you guys, we must provide her as her thank you gift with compliments. They can be about anything, they could be random, they can be based on nothing. Uh, you could infer from the lab work that she is like, you could comment that she's doing very helpful work in the long run, or you could assume that she is creating poisons. I don't know. So that not a great compliment, but my point is the world is your oyster, but we must compliment Celeste. This is a great, this is a great gift. I have a compliment for Celeste. 
Thank you. Um, Celeste, I just, I've been wanting to tell you for a long time how much <laughs> I appreciate your ability to, uh, ability to get any party started. Um, like yes. the first one, dancing on a table. Uh, you know, the first one open, like no one wants to crack, crack open that bottle of champagne. Celeste is there to get the party started. Or, or mean, maybe yeah. even if it's a different kind of party yeah. vibe, maybe she's the first one yeah. to suggest reading the cards from Trivial Pursuit exactly. and just answering exactly. them. Exactly. Like we all want to play apples I mean, to the- apples and Celeste gets that box out. <laughs> yeah, we all want to start a food yes. fight. Celeste will throw the yes. first tomato. She's got you know toilet I mean? paper in her bag to TP somebody's yeah. house right now. Um, I love I, also I her think, ability to know which party she is yeah. at and not throw a tomato yeah. when she is yeah. at an apples to apples yeah, party. Yeah, she's going to put on like Euro trance music or Alanis Morissette. Like she knows what you need. <laughs> and you know she's in the lab cooking up the good yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, Celeste will get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Oh she's man, that's not going to get her in trouble at school. Yeah, and so good at the electric slide. Like, you, like people <laughs> oh, clear yeah. the dance floor. She's solo electric Do slide. Do you feel like, from what you know about her, Celeste can moonwalk? Because uh, I'm thinking yes. Yeah, and, and she does it so well that nobody's even but, like grossed out. You know what I mean? They're not like, oh, we yeah. can't do that anymore. They're like, that's now the, the Celeste. Yeah. That's how she leaves um, rooms. Yeah. If you make her uncomfortable, she'll just moonwalk out the door, and then you'll be like, "Well, I can't stay mad at that." Exactly. Yep. Can I? Can I just say? Yeah. Celeste is a cool yeah. name. It is a cool, cool name. person. I do like name the name Celeste. Genuinely. Uh, and I, no, I legitimately do too. It is a f- cool name. And as someone with a boring <laughs> name, good on you, Celeste. I well, mean, but you have a name that has multiple choices. That's true. My parents looked at me and said, that's an Anthony because we're lazy, right? <laughs> but they looked at you and they said, that's a Celeste I mean, because they fucking knew you were a rocket ship going well, it's better the than stones, looking you at you and I mean? saying, that's a stripper. Amber, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have looked at me and been like, that's a Blake. Yeah. You know, that'd be a yeah. bummer. That would be, that'd be so much worse. Uh, although I don't want to like intentionally set you up for a bit, but. Your parents were so thought you were so boring that they gave you the name Anthony for the second time for one of their kids. That is true. Yeah, they just, you know, I mean, unless Celeste has an older sister named Celeste, she's way doing better. Wait, you have an older brother named Anthony? I do indeed. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Fun times. (laughs) He is the second Anthony Lopez in his family. Technically the third, because my dad. Right, because you're third. Yeah, yeah. So, but the yeah. second child named Anthony Lopez. Yeah. Uh, that is very funny. Uh, yeah, my dad was doing like a George yeah. Foreman type bit, yeah. and then just decided to quit after <laughs> two. You know, just like it's where I get my approach to comedy, like really high concept, but then just kind of backing out at the last second. You know, not following all the way like through. It. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so Celeste is a beautiful name. Also, uh, from the looks of this graph, uh, if you're in grad school now, I think probably you're in one of the peak, you're kind of peak Celeste, uh, born in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, probably, was when it when it peaked. So probably you know a lot of other Celestes, but that also means you are trendy. Ooh, hip. So good on you. I guess I didn't know where I was going with that when I first <laughs> noticed it, but... She's a trendsetter. Not yet. Yeah, part of the trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, cause it is a... I mean, Amber, you probably... There's a lot of Ambers in your life. There are. I don't know very know. many, actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah, not a, although I did one time 
work at a uh, I worked at a Sephora and there were three Ambers that worked there, which is the most Ambers in one room I've ever met. But they were. Uh, well, um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Amber is the German word that means works at Sephora. Oh, great, great. Um, but so, we were. My middle name is Dawn. There was an Amber. So Amber Dawn. There was an Amber mm. Ray and an Amber Morning. So all of our parents uh, were smoking so all the same. Sun related. Yeah. yeah. Man, what an interesting train of thought that everybody was yeah. on. Uh, I uh, I just want to say my last thing for Celeste is that I think it's very cool that you're in grad school so that you'll be able to at some point look at a room and say, let's only let the people with advanced degrees handle yeah. this. Uh, I think that's a fun power that you have. Uh, you probably be able to call you doctor, although I don't know. Um I mean, you can call anybody doctor. Don't need a reason. Well, that's to true. Do that. That's true. Thanks, yeah. Doctor Lopez. I like that. <laughs> um, well, also, uh, I guess when she said in the lab, we were assuming science, but maybe she was in the lab with a pen in the pad trying to get the label off. You know, maybe she's, maybe she's writing hot rap songs. Yeah. Maybe she was just in the lab late one night. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. Monster mashing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> talking about getting the pony started. <laughs> She does all of the monster mash dance. Celeste is a well, funion. Layers of, of fun. A f- yeah. Did you say funion? Funion, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a funion is just the one layer, though. But no, you can just keep layer. Onions have lots of layers. I know, but a funion, the snack, just right. the one layer. But it's I'm thinking like more like a real onion, but fun. Oh, you're thinking like a fun onion. Yeah. I get and it. I, I like to think of, you know... The layers of Funyun, Funyun chips in Ooh. a bag. You know, those uh, are the layers okay. I sure, want sure, to get sure. to the bottom of. I like to think I'm the bo- I am I, I'm like layers like goldfish crackers. <laughs> Does that count? Like mostly empty space in the bag and a lot of it, little bit at the bottom. Like not as satisfying as you want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> really wishing that they were animal crackers. But always got a would... smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for donating, Celeste. I hope this is. Uh, uh, what you expected. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, no refunds. Um, uh, if you become a meat buddy, if you donate to the show by going to readdeshweet.com slash meat buddies, you also can get a lazy rambling segment that is based on a sentence or two that you give us. And we really appreciate all of our meat buddies. Everybody who donates to the show, you really do help keep the show moving. Uh, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Readdeshweet.com slash meat buddies. You can donate today. All right, and now, uh, really quick on their way out, I just want to do uh, the official question of season two so far. Does it hold up for you? Uh, Amber, since you yeah. haven't seen it before, you probably have less of an answer to this. <laughs> I think... I but think I guess compared have, to your image of it, yeah. does American Psycho hold up? Um, yeah, compared to my... Yeah, absolutely, because my uh, idea of what I thought it was and why I avoided it was uh, too much gore and way mm-hmm. too scary... But as mm-hmm. now an old woman, um, I I really enjoyed it. Thought it was really funny and much funnier than I thought I I think it would have been had I seen it at a younger age. Um, so I'm gonna say based on what I thought, uh, my preconceived notions of, of what I thought it was, and hearing people talk about it, um, I think it holds up. I dare say better than than what I was led to believe it was going to be. Would you say that in hindsight now you should go back and give all those boys credit who uh, 
recited the business card <laughs> scene for you to try to impress oh, you? I, there's a couple that I can think of that I do remember. And I was like, uh, looking back now, knowing how funny it was, the, the two guys I have in mind, probably I should give credit because I think they were doing it out of like, this is silly um, and not like, I'm going to fucking ugh, that um, idea. <laughs> they weren't meatheads. Uh, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So uh, maybe, yeah, maybe well, some maybe of them deserve. Maybe a they deserve credit. a call. <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go next and let Anthony closes out. I guess. So for me, uh, the watching of it uh, did not. I was uh, I was pretty upset. I did not enjoy it that much. There are some things that I definitely enjoyed. The business card scene is still very interesting, and I appreciate it in a much. I feel like I appreciate it differently and better now than I used to. Um, I definitely think Christian Bale did an incredible job of this. And I like also, like the, the, the one of the fun facts is that he was told that if he took this role, it would be career suicide. And he was like, well, then I'm definitely taking it. And Leo, and like Leo didn't do this movie because he was he went to do the beach instead. So. He went to do the beach either. Yeah, instead. And look where he yeah, is now. So, um, well, I also like that they thought he was too boyish to be like a, an abusive Wall Street right. banker, which he also proved them wrong later. But... Um, yeah, did not care for it this time around. Used to like it, did not care for it. However, I have had uh, a rather surprising to me uh, reversal over the course of this episode where I feel like, Anthony, you've talked me into liking it. And I don't know what that does to the does it hold up. I guess, you know, one lesson that I have to learn over and over again is that I'm really not smart enough to make judgments on things and I should really keep my mouth shut until I've talked to Anthony about how I should feel. Yeah, I can see that. Um, apparently I was I mean, wrong we'll just, about Incredibles 2. I was going to say we have to do an Incredibles 2 episode now Man, and have that conversation. It would be so... No, I still yeah. I still have only seen the movie once when it came out so I do. I will re-watch it and try to reevaluate. Maybe we'll meet in the middle somewhere. I, It'd be fun if we we had like the inverse with that movie. If I rewatch it and then you just lay it out for me, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Tomorrowland was better in terms of Brad Bird movies. <laughs> oh man, Tomorrowland. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just think of like uh, there, like there's some really brilliant little moments of dialogue, like the Crusher being asked to uncrush things, and him mm-hmm. just being super confused. It's incredibly delightful. And a lot of the stuff with Jack Jack is pretty fun. But man, just kind of a slow movie. Just not a lot going on. And in that Brad Bird way of movies being like, but are we allowed to be as cool as we want to be? Or is society holding us back? Like, he's just got this real strong Anne Rand thing that he works into every goddamn story. Yeah. And it's Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that this movie, like, what I mostly remember was, like, the uh, like the motorcycle set piece with the train. And, oh, like, yeah, the, all the action sequences are incredible. Like, yeah, like, For that's sure. what... I need to rewatch it again, but like that's the stuff when I think back to that movie, I was just floored by like the the cinematography and like the editing in those sequences is just so precise and incredible. Yeah, it's really really good for sure. Uh, and like the art style is cool. Uh, th- I, it's just and it's just such a predictable bad guy. I think that's part of the issue. Is it's just so obvious what's going on the whole time. Um, and it's a kids movie. I get it, but uh, I just can I just say how much I love that this episode about American Psycho has really uh, <laughs> how much Incredibles two uh, discussion uh, has bubbled. Up. I think that the important thing to remind everybody, and especially Alexis, is that there are like our the the, the motto we have, two, we have two mottos on the show. Uh, Read and weep. Uh, number one is four stars is plenty. <laughs> And the other motto is no refunds. So just keep that in mind whenever you think about giving us money to talk about whatever movie you want uh, is that we might not 
we might do a bad job. We might talk about Incredibles 2 instead. Um, uh, and I do recommend, Anthony, if you want to rewatch it, watch it now because it's on Netflix. And I, 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 I watched it as part of my uh, goal to watch all the Disney things on Netflix before they take them away and put them behind a separate paywall. Ah. That makes sense. Uh, before Disney yeah, ruins television <laughs> with their streaming service. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, so Alex. in summary, I feel like I did not like American Psycho, but you talked me into it. It's better than I appreciated because I'm just not that good. And this has happened to me before. I like things more when I watch them with you. I, I, I talked about this at your wedding, too. Just like when I watch a movie on my own and then I rewatch it with you, I'm like, oh, there's so much more fun than I remember. <laughs> so... My recommendation is, if you don't know if a movie holds up, watch it with Anthony. Anthony, does American Psycho, the 2000 dark comedy horror film, hold up to Ooh, you? what's he going to say? Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so excited. No. Yeah. No, I think it's a trek. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think it does. I really enjoyed this movie. I ha- Like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. I don't know if I'll watch it anytime again soon. I wouldn't like, want I, to, I, no. You know, I definitely think, I really hope that the next time I watch this in, like, ten years, it's way less relevant and, like, a thing of the oh, past. Oh, good point. Like, I'd love if, if I could watch this 10, 15 years from now and be like, yeah, son, let me explain to you how fucked the world used to be. <laughs> that the, You know, this used to be a really pointed satire not even that long right, ago. You'll be showing, you'll uh, be, I'd love to show this to a kid and have them be like, I don't understand, Daddy. I thought bankers always went to prison when they did bad things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what uh, a great world that would be. But yeah, I mean, I just, this, I forgot how funny Christian Bale was, how good yeah. the entire cast is. Um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, watch it. If you if you watch it knowing what you're kind of getting into and, and are looking to sort of take something for it and have a little bit to chew on it's a great it's a really good movie that is better than it has any right to be yeah you know like i really uh it's it's not a perfect movie but i can only imagine this material in the hands of like less talented people yeah and just how bad it, this movie could be like that's yeah that's something that especially when you look at like other things Chris, like the human vehicles christian bale was in at the time or yeah. like just different directors who were kind of prolific doing these types of movies around this time. This could have turned out so much worse. Yeah. Um, and I, I enjoy it. That's yeah, an interesting way to think about stuff. Uh, as in like how much worse it could have been if someone else was doing it. That's my uh, general day to day like go to like, Oh, I could have been. Way worse. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how much worse this yeah. would be if we had a, a comedy director do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was a great point. Well, uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, thanks for thanks for the not-that-surprising answer at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I was leading to it the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. I am an unreliable narrator, so maybe <laughs> I didn't like it the whole time. But <laughs> it's real. All right, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, next week, uh, here's a fun one. Next week, we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh. Uh, this is for Ezra. So Ezra chose uh, to find out if that holds up for him. This is a movie that meant a lot to him, and he's not sure how it's going to age. So uh, we're going to go on our Last Crusade next week uh, with Ezra. And I believe uh, we're also going to have uh, Ezra's father 
back on the show who worked for LucasArts um, around. Wait. Yeah. So, what, it really is going to come down to would Ezra and his dad, how would they feel about fucking the same woman? <laughs> right? That's really going to come down to how they feel about the movie. What if, like, Ezra's dad's like, I love it. That's my favorite part of this movie. And Ezra's just like, oh, God. Uh, uh, is that a plot point in the movie? I've not seen the movie, and I assume that that's why your joke works, but otherwise. Wait, you haven't yeah, seen uh, Indiana Jones? I've not seen Lester's yeah. Ed, no. Indiana Jones and Sean Connery, spoilers, yeah. both sleep with the same uh, femme fatale uh, in the movie. Just not, to be clear. Sean Connery technically sleeps with her before the film begins, right. but it is revealed that they are both. You know, they're, they're Eskimo brothers in the <laughs> terms of the day. Ooh, and River Phoenix, my number one dreamboat. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Oh. Very young River Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I, just to be clear, I assumed that was the joke you were making <laughs> because the other universe where you were just like, I can't wait to ask Ezra and his dad if they would ever have sex with the same woman out of nowhere would have been a very strange this, direction to do this riff. With the same Nazi woman. How would you guys feel about that? Oh, man. Yeah, well, it's what a great opportunity then to have uh, Father and Son on to talk about that theory. Yeah, uh, this will be a fun episode. All that and more next week. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks again to Alexis for sponsoring and for Celeste for becoming a new Meat Buddy. We really, uh, we really, really appreciate that. Anybody can become a Meat Buddy at redistrict.com slash Meat Buddies. Even a small donation really helps us. Uh, keeps floating down the tracks. And then also, if you have an idea for a sponsorship that you'd like to do, just uh, we're, we're, we used to do this in a more formal manner. Right now, I'm just maybe it's laziness uh, slash busyness. Um, but uh, just send us an email if you have a suggestion for stuff, and we'll kind of like collect some ideas and then see if we can do a, a whole round of sponsorships. So if you have something that you really f- want to find out if it holds up, and you don't have access to Anthony at home <laughs> like I do, and you want him to watch it and explain to you why you're wrong, just send us an email podcast at redshape.com. Thanks for being here, Anthony. It's always a pleasure. And uh, Amber Preston at Preston Party on Twitter. Always great to talk Thanks to you, for Amber. Having me. I want to sponsor something just so I can hear Anthony's. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send in an email. Yeah, yeah, find an email. You know, I don't want to make this seem like there's like two like a class system here, but like as a regular guest, you could instead of sponsoring, just ask. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. It's kind of a different, right. it's a little bit different approach. Right, right, you know, right. it's a little less formal, but yeah, if you have something that you were like super curious about whether or not it would hold up for you, right. I would I would love right. to hear I'm that gonna, idea. I'm think on that. Hmm. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. this was, thank you for uh, having me on this episode specifically. Um, I'm glad that the timing didn't work out for some other episodes and that I got to do this one uh, because I don't know that I would have watched uh, this movie uh, without this, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah. I, 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 on a side note, that is really the one benefit of the podcast <laughs> the <one>. boom <laughs> is that so many millennials have seen movies they never otherwise would have. <laughs> Podcasting have does so much for people watching American yeah. Psycho and v- yeah. The Room. You know? Podcasts <laughs> are great. They're they're two. It's like the good and the bad. The good, what you just said. The bad, all the new stand up comedians. But. Yeah. <laughs> what do? Uh, uh, also, the good is all of this uh, information about criminals that I would not have noticed without the 2,000 true crime podcasts that are started yes, every day. Yes. Also, uh, good about the podcast boom is without it, I would not have anything to talk about uh, during uh, dinner parties where I badly remember episodes of uh, Radiolab, <laughs> just like I did earlier in this episode. I would say 90% of the conversations I have with people these days 
or me badly remembering radio Oh, I do that now, but with Reply All. And since I'm not very tech savvy, it's a lot of like, and then they got this one guy who logged (laughs) uh, into the thing. And so I'm with you. (laughs) And they and I know I just I know Facebook isn't listening to your phone because they're so much worse than right. that. <laughs> I don't remember how, but I know that it's worse. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we really appreciate you all tuning in as we uh, as we continue our very small corner of the podcast boom. We'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Pshh.